Hello and welcome to What The Bump. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse who oddly enough has no kids, yet a huge passion for informing and empowering women on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me every week as we dive in to all things prenatal, postnatal, birth, and so much more. So let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of What The Bump. It is another solo podcast, so I am alone today and I'm going to be talking about progesterone. Mainly more so low progesterone, like why to supplement it, how to find out if you do have low progesterone. So when you think of progesterone, obviously I'm sure most people know that it is a hormone and it's very important when it comes to pregnancy. Think progesterone, think progestation. So it is the pregnancy hormone and don't get that confused with HCG because that's also known as the pregnancy hormone and HCG is, it is the pregnancy hormone because it's how we know that we are pregnant. It's why a pregnancy test comes up positive and it's what sometimes your doctor might test in your blood, but progesterone is another pregnancy hormone and what it mainly does is it establishes and supports a pregnancy and it assists in egg implantation and prior to the egg implantation how it assists and supports pregnancy is that it thickens the wall of the uterine lining that's the main things that progesterone is responsible for and i mean those are huge roles establishing supporting a pregnancy egg implantation and thickening the uterine lining preparing for pregnancy where does progesterone come from in your body in early pregnancy so you know if you are pregnant the corpus luteum is what produces progesterone and the corpus luteum i just just like to explain it like it's basically a cyst on the ovary that's formed from the follicles of the ovary so long story short the ovary basically is responsible for secreting and producing progesterone in early pregnancy this happens for about 10 weeks that ovary, the corpus luteum on the ovary produces progesterone. After 10 weeks of pregnancy, the placenta takes over and the placenta starts to produce its own progesterone that supports the rest of the pregnancy and the baby. In a normal cycle, so that's that's progesterone when it comes to pregnancy. In a normal cycle without pregnancy occurring, your progesterone would still increase after you ovulate, still be produced by the ovaries. And then when you don't become pregnant, when you're when the egg does not implant, it would start to decrease as you menstruate, as your uterine lining sheds. And that would be about 12 to 14 days post-ovulation is normally when a woman would get her cycle. And if you get pregnant, obviously, you know, 12 to 14 days after ovulation is when you're going to get a positive pregnancy test because you're going to realize that you've missed a period. So that is the role of progesterone. It kind of ebbs and flows throughout your cycle. And that's why if you're thinking about getting tested for progesterone, while we're on this topic, how you get tested is normally on day 21. Normally that is the day that they like to draw progesterone just because it's easiest to compare levels. You can't just necessarily go and get progesterone tested at any day of your cycle because it's going to be totally different. For instance, I had my progesterone drawn on, I believe it was day three and seven of my cycles um, by two different practitioners. And, you know, they were just like, oh, let's just get a baseline. Let's just see what it is. I know it's not day 21. Both of those levels that I had drawn were less than 10. So it wasn't even detectable in the lab. And then I had one drawn on day 21 and it was completely within normal range. So make sure that if you are testing your progesterone, you are just remembering that it really depends on the day that you are in of your cycle. Don't freak out if you get it drawn, you know, and it's like, a random day of your cycle and it says it's undetectable that doesn't mean you have low progesterone but it it just means you need to get it drawn on day 21 so that way they can or at least as close as you can to day 21 that way we can actually know if it's low or if it's within a normal range so how to know if you have low progesterone the main signs and symptoms there there aren't huge i mean you might not recognize it at all but it's going to be irregular or absent menstrual cycles If you've had recurrent or frequent miscarriages, it's definitely a reason to get your progesterone tested. That can be a sign that it is low because like we said, 
I like to refer to this as the progestation hormone, progesterone. And if it's low, then it's going to be anti-gestation. So it can cause, and it is a reason for many women having recurrent miscarriages. If their body is just low in progesterone and it's not producing enough, it can cause a miscarriage. Another reason to get your progesterone tested or a sign of low progesterone would be just other hormonal imbalance symptoms. If you're having mood swings, if you know that you have high estrogen, a lot of times those can go hand in hand. If you have high estrogen, a lot of times your progesterone is low. It's kind of like a teeter-totter. Weight gain, PMS, things like that. Anything that you know feels hormonal that you're like, oh, my hormones might be out of balance. You definitely want to get your progesterone tested along with your estrogen and testosterone and anything else your OB or midwife would want to check. So if you get your progesterone checked, like I said, I want this podcast to focus on the abnormal, so low progesterone. And many women have completely normal progesterone, but for those of you who do not, and it comes back abnormal or low, the first thing that you're going to want to think about that your doctor, again, will guide you through is probably going to be supplementation. And I believe, I don't have experience personally with this, but I believe that when you do IVF or are doing any type of fertility treatments to get pregnant, I believe that they always use progesterone. Uh, just kind of like as an insurance insurance policy, I guess, type of thing. I, there's not studies that show that too much progesterone during pregnancy through like suppositories and things like that causes harm. So, you know, when you're doing IVF, it's almost always going to be supplemented. If you've had recurrent miscarriages and you get pregnant again, your OB is probably going to recommend right when you get that positive pregnancy test. If not before that, if you know you're trying to start using the progesterone and if you've tested low on progesterone, you definitely want to be supplementing, especially if you are planning on getting pregnant. So the different ways that supplementation is done, the main way that you're going to hear of and most people use, especially when it comes to pregnancy, is going to be vaginal suppositories. These are widely used. They are wax-based. You keep them in the fridge. I say they look like little rocket ships. I don't know if that's like weird, but they kind of do. Most of the time you have to get them compounded by a special pharmacy. You keep them in the fridge and then you insert either one, one at night or sometimes depending on you know where your level's at, sometimes you'll do one in the morning, one in the evening, or you know you might even have to do it three times a day. They can be very messy. It can cause a lot of leakage because like I said, they're wax-based, they're kept in the fridge and the idea kind of honestly how it works is it kind of like melts when you put it in. So just know a lot of people do wear like panty liners and things like that when they're doing the vaginal suppositories. The next way to supplement with progesterone is a vaginal gel. And normally that's used once daily. It's FDA approved progesterone. Some discharge has been reported during the vaginal gel use. However, I don't believe it is as much nearly as the vaginal wax suppositories. The next way that that progesterone is supplemented is through injections. These are also widely used. I believe they're like the kind of oldest method of progesterone supplementation and definitely like the most accurate way of, of supplementing because you know, you know, with vaginal suppositories, you're probably getting most of that, but it can come out, you know, it's messy, it leaks, whereas injections, you know that you're getting that entire dose. You usually inject in the butt area um, where you have the most fat kind of on that butt hip area it requires a long thick needle because it kind of has to go all the way through the fat and the skin injections can be slightly painful and they can be difficult to administer by yourself those are the most downfalls of the injections is just the the thought of having to give yourself an injection I believe it's once a day most of the time for the injections as well and lastly the way to supplement progesterone is through creams And I do not know if OBs necessarily prescribe many of the creams, but I know that you can buy them over the counter. You can go on Amazon and search progesterone cream or on Google and search progesterone cream, and there will be tons of things that come up. And most of these creams say that they are extracted from wild yam, which is, you know, like a fruit or vegetable or whatever, but they really don't have progesterone in them. 
they have a compound in them that can be converted into progesterone. But here's the big key. The compound in the over-the-counter progesterone creams you can buy cannot have progesterone because progesterone needs to be prescribed. They have a compound in them that can be converted into progesterone. And here's the key again, but it can only be converted in the lab. So the quote-unquote progesterone precursor compound in these over-the-counter creams cannot be converted into actual progesterone in your body. And that's huge. I mean, I've used these creams before. I have. I've used them. I just didn't do enough research. Honestly, I just bought a progesterone cream and I thought, well, it's better than nothing. And then I did research on them and I did realize and find out that many women say that they've prevented their miscarriages and things like that. But the compound in it actually cannot turn into progesterone in your body. So I don't know how true it is that they prevent miscarriage or can be used even to increase progesterone. There really is not any proof that the -the over-the-counter creams from Wild Yams, which is what you're going to find, is linked to increasing and actually helping out the progesterone levels. All this being said, all the ways that progesterone supplementation is done, which is vaginal suppositories, vaginal gel, injections, and over-the-counter cream – these are all done usually for about 12 weeks of pregnancy. So again, this when I'm talking about supplementation, I'm talking about during pregnancy. Normally it's done from either, you know, right after you ovulate or the day you get a first positive until you hit 12 weeks of pregnancy. And why is that? Like we said, the placenta takes over progesterone at about 10 weeks. So some providers will tell you to use it until that 10 to 12 week mark. And then the, the placenta can take over and do its job of making the progesterone and your body doesn't have to really worry about making it itself through your ovaries. So let's talk about side effects of progesterone supplementation. The main side effects are going to be kind of things that you think of like with any hormone replacement. It's going to be things like hot flashes, dizziness, headaches, breast tenderness, joint pain, and vaginal discharge. And like we said, the discharge is going to happen, especially when you're using suppositories or vaginal gel to supplement progesterone. Other than that, I do not believe there are big main side effects. And like I said, it has not been linked to using progesterone in pregnancy has not been linked to any adverse outcomes for the mom or for the baby. If anything, studies are starting to lean towards the fact that progesterone could be used in women who have miscarriages or bleeding in the first trimester to prevent a miscarriage. And there still needs to be so, so, so much research done on this because there's definitely just not enough out there. Talking about research, I'm going to tell you guys about some studies and I can always will link these in the show notes of this podcast that we can look at them yourself. But there were one, two, three, a couple studies that I've looked at, like five of them. And the first one looked at progesterone treatment for recurrent miscarriage and no, and showed no significant difference in miscarriage rates between the woman who used progesterone and had recurrent miscarriages in the past and the woman who used a placebo. The method of administration didn't show any different either between the woman who got the progesterone and placebo groups. There's no evidence that miscarriage between the groups was any different with the intramuscular, so the injectable progesterone or the placebo. And one study compared the vaginal progesterone with the placebo and a second one compared it with no treatment and the incidence of miscarriage was similar as well in both. There was another study that looked at about 4,000 women with bleeding during the first trimester. 50% of these women who were having the bleeding were given progesterone, and 50% were given a placebo that did not contain any progesterone. Among the women with bleeding in early pregnancy, the progesterone therapy was administered to 50% of them during the first trimester, but it did not result in any type of significantly higher live birth rates than the placebo group. So there was no correlation there that giving progesterone for women who were having bleeding in the first trimester helped maintain or or continue a pregnancy to full term. 
And there's two other studies that I'm not going to dive into, but they basically honestly said the same thing. I really wanted the evidence to support progesterone for preventing a miscarriage. But honestly, in the trials that they did where they used women and divided them up and gave progesterone and gave placebos, there was not a difference in the outcome of the live birth rates between women in either group. Now, this isn't to say that progesterone isn't preventing miscarriages whatsoever. It definitely is a harder thing to study. And... It, you know, it's hard to say 100% that it was the progesterone that continued a pregnancy or, you know, if it was just a woman's body doing it on its own. Like many things in the medical world, I would love to see more research surrounding progesterone and its role in preventing miscarriage and its role in helping maintain a pregnancy. I can definitely tell you having miscarried with my last, even though it was not something with low progesterone, it was something chromosomal and completely different. I definitely am extremely interested and open to trying progesterone supplementation just to, I guess, like I said earlier, it's, it almost seems like an insurance policy in a way. It, it is used for women who have had miscarriages to help prevent one in the future. And I know many women who have miscarried and use progesterone after with future pregnancies and have had no issues whatsoever. So not saying that this is some grand answer for miscarriages whatsoever, but it is definitely something to think about if you have had recurrent miscarriages, if you have irregular cycles, or if you just want to get your progesterone tested, definitely bring it up to your provider. And it is definitely something that you want to be aware of when you are attempting to get pregnant, thinking about getting pregnant or are pregnant. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of What the Bump. If you go over to our Instagram and click the little link tree in the bio, there is a link to our Facebook group. I really want to grow that and get more people in there as a resource and just as a community. So definitely please go check out that Facebook group and join it and I will accept you. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to another episode of What the Bump. Make sure you follow us over on Instagram at What the Bump Podcast. Leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. And make sure you tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. There's a new episode. I really appreciate you for listening. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. And I hope you have a great day.